Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. build up for a second here and see if uh we get some folks back in here right on but, well i'll uh, keep uh i'll keep refrigerator shopping until that next <laughs> 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 uh, yeah there's a lot going on in the stagger household right now uh, right no on. we're actually about to move actually we uh in april we um we sold our house and uh to a couple of my old students and uh, ended up buying a house uh, that's kind of down the road a little bit, but um, and then then all the stuff we we're just kind of talking about kind of happened, <laughs> and uh, put a put a hold on some things for a little bit. But yeah. oh man, well we got some folks back in here, guys and gals. Um, Hoover had some technical difficulties with the signal, so uh, he is going to be on next Thursday. Um, he said to make up for it tune in he's gonna have some stuff to give away so um in return we got you something even better we got we got aaron (laughs) steiger in the house guys what's going on so so real quick uh ryan milford uh put a quote in here or a question y'all need to go pee so (laughs) that that's a topic that we talk about quite a bit when we're talking about ryan milford I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you were doing a podcast with him. I forget what you guys were talking about on the. We were talking the about jerk baits, I think. Yeah, uh, jerk bait fishing. Yeah. And then in the middle of it, he just yeah, kind of like ran for the door. Listen, he's. Well, I, I remember <laughs> so, he's like, "Hey, just a second. and didn't say what he needed or whatever, and I was like, "All right, you know, no big deal." And he came back. He's like, "I had to go to the bathroom." You know, I don't blame. I mean, we were talking for a while, and I'm. I don't judge because it seems like every time, like I'm even fishing, I'm peeing every like 30 minutes. I'm, yeah. I'm off the water, I'm fine. I get on the water, yeah. and I just get nervous. You know, I'm like I'm peeing the off the side way. of my boat all the time. 
It's all good, Ryan. Well, it, it's funny because I, I remember editing that and I'm like, he's like, you're going to have to take out this time slot. So I go to that and uh, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And you were like mid-sentence and you were just like, you you had this sense of worry, like, what's his I'm house like, on fire? Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't tell me. He's just like. <laughs> so it was like, funny, man. It was funny. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we got Brad Hicks in the house. Uh, Richie Lockery. Miss Jean Wilson. She said, Aaron, great to see you. Edwards. Aaron Steiger. Good dude. For sure, man. Um so we were talking about this right before we fired up, man. You've been uh, you've been battling Lyme disease, man. That's uh, yeah. that's some crazy, crazy and scary stuff, man. It is. Um, it is. It's uh, yeah. Like we were talking about, we it was in mid May, you know, right when the weather started getting getting better, and and so obviously we're all out as kayak anglers, especially in the north. We're just like chomping at the bit from right. like November to March. We're just like we want to get out. And finally, in April and May, it starts getting a little better. So I was out, and I discovered, like, a little pond in my area that um, I caught, like, a like a six-something-pound bass out of it. So I, like, in April, or I think it was April, and so I kept going back to it because um, there was a lot of big fish, and it wasn't just one. And I'm like, man, I want to keep fishing this thing. So I, I went to the pond, um, took my kids one day. And we were just bluegill fishing, like just for fun or for little bass or whatever. I had my crappie rigs out and everything. And so anyway, um, we get in the truck, we get back in the truck and I look down and, and I had, I had pants on and stuff, but there were just ticks just all over me. And they, my kids had a couple of them on them. And I was like, holy crap. Um, this, it's like, as Jay was saying, it's like your worst nightmare as an outdoorsman yeah. because it takes that long for those things to just get where you can't find them or can't see them, whether it's in your armpit. Well, I thought I got them all off. And, um, and there was, I mean, there's like over a dozen of them just all around the, the, the car and, and on me and my kids. And so I thought I got them all. I took my time to get. It's one of those days. <laughs> we can't win. Okay. It's back. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, anyway um okay so anyway we're uh so we're sitting, so we're sitting there thought i got them all off um like a few days later i pick one off the back of my head and i was like oh crap you know because obviously yeah. like it it tagged me i still got a little like a mark on the back of my neck where i picked it off from and uh and i was like okay i, I just hope that it's i hope it didn't have you know that the certain bacteria that carries Lyme's disease and uh well a couple days later i started feeling just kind of weird um i didn't quite feel right and so i called my doctor up and i was like hey look i think i got bit by a tick he put me on 10 days of uh, an antibiotic called doxycycline and uh and that's supposed to just knock it out well it didn't do right. anything for it uh did nothing by the end of the 10th day it was like the beginning of june at this point I was basically seeing like blue spots. My entire field of vision was almost blue. Like I couldn't hardly see anything. Um, my whole face was numb, like the entire thing, just numb. Uh, my arms, hands, my joints, my hips were hurting. My knees were hurting. Um, I was just, I mean, I was dead tired, like just winded, like doing nothing. I was winded. I, I did a little Facebook live video. I remember and I was just doing some electrical work. And yeah. by the end of that Facebook live video, I was just like, I, I was, I had to lay down. 
And so I went, so I went to the doctor and I was like, look, this is getting a lot worse. So he sent me to an eye doctor and they did some scans on my eyes and stuff. And, uh, like my optic nerve is way swollen and I guess, and I had a bunch of inflammation in my eyes and I guess this bacteria can go wherever it wants to. It can go in your brain, your eyes, your joints, your heart, uh, everywhere. And it, it really did. It, it hit my nervous system really hard. And because uh, there's three stages to Lyme disease, like the first one, you're just kind of like you got a little fever, you got a little bit of um, just kind of flu symptoms. And, and most of the time, doxycycline sure. can just kind of knock that out. Well, that didn't do it for me. Like mine went straight to my nervous system. And so the eye doctor said, if you don't get this corrected, you're going to you can lose your vision. Um, yes. And I was like, holy crap. So she said the only way to do that, though, is to get an IV line in your arm or wherever and do that intravenously for an amount of time because there's like this thing called the blood, um, like the brain blood barrier is what they call it. And oral antibiotics can't cross that barrier very well. So you have to get it straight IV. So I got like a pick line in my arm for, for a month. And, uh, so I was at, I was in the hospital for a couple of days to get that in and make sure the antibiotic took, um, then went home for four weeks, you know, laid down every single day. Um, I mean, it, it was just crazy. So then I had to get MRIs because they weren't sure why the inflammation in my eye wasn't going down. So they were like, is it a tumor in his brain? Is it like, so oh, I had to get an man. MRIs. I had to get CT scans. Um, the first day I had my antibiotic, we actually accidentally mainlined a bunch of air from the line straight into my arm, which goes straight to my heart. And I almost had a heart attack and, uh, and so I had to go back into the hospital, get a bunch of CT scans on my chest this time. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So I'm just finally like seven weeks later, just getting to where I can like kind of exercise lightly. Um, which I, I told my wife, like kayaking is exercising lightly. So <laughs> I get to go exercise lightly. Um, but I'm, I'm hydrating a lot. I talked to, um, a good friend, Jeff Little, who actually had Lyme disease, and he made a post on it on Facebook back in April um, about his experience four years ago. And so I'm still dizzy. Um, I still have uh, – I'm still getting over it, I guess. Um, and it, they said it could take up to six months to get over all these symptoms completely, which I'm functional, so that's good. But uh, it's just as an outdoorsman, um, and, and obviously you guys and anybody listening to this podcast – um, my doctors basically said, look, this is, it's a serious thing. It's very prevalent in the East coast. It's very prevalent in the South, the West coast, kind of where we're at it. It's here. Um, and he said it hasn't always been super prevalent in Ohio, but it's here to stay in this, in this area. Um, uh, I was literally, he's, he's been a doctor for 30 years. I mean, since I was, I've been a little kid and I grew up in this town and he's my doctor. And I was the first case of Lyme's disease that originated in Ohio. It just wasn't very prevalent. And it's, it's definitely here now. So basically, we just need to be careful as outdoorsmen what we're doing. Um, double check and double check. Um, because if you don't, like a lot of people who have had Lyme's disease have kind of reached out since I got it and uh, kind of came out of the woodwork. And they've kind of shared their experiences and some of them are scary, man. Some people are in wheelchairs. Some of them like cognitively just declined. Um, I mean, it just, it can totally screw you up. And so if you're out camping, I mean, 
something as easy as just, I mean, I only walked, you know, 40 feet to my truck for the, to this pond, you know, once I was there and by the, I must've just walked through a little like nest of them, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden I was covered in them. So just be careful out there. Cause you know, we all care about each other and we want what's best for everybody here. And, and just, yeah, uh, man. I don't mind just sharing that out so people can kind of get that message, um, that, especially in these warm months when we're all out and just, just without any regard, cause we love the outdoors and whether it's just on a hike or whether it's out fishing or going through brush, uh, just check yourself uh, very closely. And, and I guess what I also found out was, you know, you can see these deer ticks that are, I don't know, probably up to a centimeter or so. I mean, they're or maybe half a centimeter, but they have, there's like baby ones that are like the size of like a, a little poppy seed. Yeah. And those are the ones that'll get you uh, that you're not aware of. And so who knows how many of those little guys are running around, you know, in addition to these, the bigger ones you can see. So just be aware of it. Um, if you start developing symptoms like that in the summer, um, just go get it checked out, you know, just go get a blood test. That's what you do. You know, it's like a hundred bucks or whatever, even without insurance, it's not expensive and just get it done. Uh, because it's, it's, it's a big deal. So we got a great question from Gene. Um, are you able to get rid of it completely or will it be with you in some form forever? Yes, yeah, so you can get rid of it completely. Um, so I was on this antibiotic called Recephin. Um, So the first, the first round of 10 days is orally and it's called doxycycline. And normally that like 90% of people, it knocks out if you, if you catch it quick. Yeah. If you don't catch it quick, what happens is those little bacteria are shaped like spirals, like just little like screws, basically. And they just go into wherever they can. Um, and what I found out actually from Jeff Little, um, from his specialist, uh, moving like forward, if you don't catch it fast enough, um, it, it goes into your like cartilage and your joints and everything like that. And uh and, and it hides in there and it goes dormant for a while while it's being treated. And then after your treatment's done, it'll actually come back out and start attacking you again if you don't catch it quick enough. Dude, so if you get if you get to it early, it will it'll get it'll be gone. If you don't, um, you can fight it for an indeterminate amount of time. I mean, forever, really, because sometimes like what happens is then you're on like antibiotic cycles and it just never really goes away. You're only managing the symptoms at that point. And so with antibiotic and, and some other treatments, like you can put antidepressants in and, and anti-anxiety stuff and, and just different doctors will prescribe different things. But um, I'm not at that point yet. And, and I feel like I'm getting a little better every day. Like it's not even daily because some days I'll, I'll decline and then some days I feel really good. Um, not, not really good. Kind of like 70% is really good right now. Sure. So some days I'm like at 30% and then some days I'm at 70, but each week I'm, I'm a little better. I can tell cognitively, physically, especially after getting off that antibiotic for a month. Um, cause I, it was, on, it was some pretty strong antibiotic that, um, you know, getting it IV straight to the heart every day. I was having some episodes where, it was causing my heart to like race at like 120 beats a minute for four or five hours at a time, just toward the end. And my body was like, this is enough's enough of this antibiotic. So, um, luckily I'm off of that. I'm starting to feel a little better. I'm still dizzy. Um, I, 
I hope that'll go away. I'm, I'm, go, I'm kind of seeing a specialist to see kind of if it's, you know, if there's something else we can do to treat that. But, um, but you know, it's day to day. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Dude, uh, I don't even know what to say, man. Like, like I I think Jay and I were talking about it the other day. I'm like, man, I wonder what Steiger's been up to. Well, now I know. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I was gone for about six weeks there i just i I yeah dude was not functioning i was laying in my bed doing nothing every single day my beautiful wonderful wife was taking care of our three kids that's just oh uh, tough you know being as little as they are but it uh so she picked up a lot of slack but yeah i mean just don't let it uh you know, I've been back out to ponds like since then, like I started just walking pond, like walking around like some, not the same pond. I'm not going back to that pond again, but, um, walking some other ponds in the area. Just, I started off, you can't let it not, I kind of made it. I was like, I'm not going to let this interfere with what I like to do. You know, you can't let it do that. And so that's a big thing. Just, you got to be smart about it. It's just like anything. It's like, you know, leaving early for a tournament in the morning at three thirty in the morning. Like, look, there's risk if you're going to hit a deer or run off the side of the road. Like there's just risks inherent with, with what we like to do. So, um, you just gotta, you gotta be smart. You've got to check and double check just like you would if you were leaving early in the morning or driving in snow. I mean, it's just, you gotta be careful, you know? Well, dude, I'm glad you're all right, man, or you're getting to that point, you know, where you're yeah. doing better and stuff, dude. That's yeah. uh, that's yeah. scary stuff, man. I know uh, back in the day I had a girlfriend. Her father had that issue, you know, uh, mm-hmm. contracted Lyme's disease, and they almost caught it too late. But fortunately enough, he, you know, over time he came back like you're talking about, man. So. Right. They said it'll take about six months possibly. So, I mean, you know, I'm not there yet, but. I, I think I'll get back to where I need to be. I mean, my, my main gauge is like, could I have gone to work today? Cause I'm a school teacher. Sure. So could I have yeah. gone to school today? Yes. And if, if I can say that enough days, like as a group over a certain amount of time, I feel pretty good about it, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing better and uh, you're on the road road to yeah. going back to teaching. Hopefully. You know? Yeah, yeah, whatever that looks like in the fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's going to be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I heard so many yeah. things, man. <laughs> we're actually we got our plan now. It's actually good. We're we have to wear masks, which talking with the mask isn't going to be any fun all day long. But um, you know, I mean, it's we're we're all we're going back five days a week, um, and everybody's going. All the kids will be there. Um, that's what it's all about, man. So nice. I'm excited to get back here and. and if, in a month or so but yeah anyway let's talk fishing yeah man (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean you said you've been getting your light exercise again man so where where you been fishing i know i saw a couple pictures man you've been you've been catching some fish yeah we uh we got some good fishing in our area there's just there's reservoirs around and and there's just there's a huge group of them and so you can just kind of pick whatever one you want to go to um and they're 
not bass, but you can't put bass boats on them with big motors. So they're just kind nice. of electric only. Nice. Um, and so it kind of allows fish to not be, now it's pressured, but it allows them to be not as pressured. Um, and so I just, you know, get out there and, and just enjoy it. I mean, they've got large mouth in them. They got small mouth in them and they're deep. And so a lot of people just, they're kind of intimidated about fishing 30 deep. feet, 30 feet deep. Yeah. Um, and especially in the summer, cause that's where you have to fish. That's where the fish, I mean, they are is 85 degree water yesterday or two days ago or whatever. And, and so you got to go out deep. And so a lot of people after the spring, when they're all shallow, they just kind of stop fishing. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, summer is my favorite time to go fish those places. Cause there's not quite as much pressure. And I mean, I, I put a video out yesterday just on my Facebook and like when you hook like a five pound fish 30 feet deep, I mean, it's oh, just, dude. it just bent. I mean, it just <laughs> cranked your rod. Like you're right. using spinning gear and it's so fun. Um, it, I mean, it, you just pull it up and it does feel like you're saltwater fishing cause you're using that spinning gear and, uh, it, it's fun. So that's kind of what's going on. And what's the, what's the, uh, Aaron Steiger technique of choice for the middle of summer? I'm using, well, different drop shot. So, uh, I do drop shot, but where I go, it's too rocky, um, okay. to drop shot. You'll lose all your weights like all the time. <laughs> uh, so what I try to do is use like weighted, like worms of some sort, like just get them down there. Cause I feel like the worms don't get caught in the rocks quite as easily. Sure. Um, and like they kind of, they do, but then they pull out. It's like the, they don't get lodged or whatever. So like you could use like a trick worm, you could use whatever. Um, but just something that if it gets caught in there, you can still kind of yank it back out of the rocks. And so, uh, that's kind of what I use. Um, or like a, like a dark sleeper. I, I like using those, um, like a, a heavy tube. That's something like Mark Zona. He talks about cracking tubes. Uh, yeah. if you kind of YouTube that. Um, I, I really like using like three quarter ounce tubes, um, just kind of like a big old head in there and just like stroke the tube, uh, and nice. those fish will hammer it. So, I mean, the biggest thing though, is you just got to find the bait fish and, uh, you find a ball of bait fish. Like that's kind of what I look for. And if you see the marks under it, you just, you know, waypoint it and then just stay right there and just pick them apart. Um, nice. and, it, and it's fun, man. It's summer fishing. So fun. You know, it's one of those things where I'm in a stage in my life right now where I feel like I can't, I can't go and do a lot of those bigger tournaments. Like I was going to go to lacrosse by the way, at that BOS event. But yeah. if I felt good, uh, I, I felt really good about that. Um, I went to a KBF event there uh, a couple of years back in 2018 and, and picked up on a pattern in the second day that I think I got like fourth, the second day or something like that. And I was like, man, if there's another event here, I could, I could win this thing. But anyway, that's not deep water fishing. My point is, is <laughs> if I could go, uh, like to like Kentucky Lake, or if I could go to, you know, Chickamauga in the summer, I feel like I could do good at some of these events. But right now I got these kids and stuff that, uh, I just can't necessarily get out. Um, they're, they're at the age. I can't really do that right now, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I feel like in Ohio, we don't really have a lot of lakes, you know, these upground reservoirs that are really deep, but most of our lakes are like eight feet deep right. and they're super pressured. And so it's kind of like, it's so hard in Ohio to fish and not get frustrated in tournaments. It's almost not to say it's not enjoyable, but it's frustrating. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that likes to fish alone anyway. Yep. And when I got people like 
30 yards down each side of the bank. I just like, I get so it's, it gets in my head. I get frustrated about it. And I'm like, man, this is not what I like to do, but I feel like if I could get out on some of these bigger lakes and have a little bit of space, that'd be, a, that'd be a good time. Um, okay. it'd be fun. But, uh, I, uh, also got a new kayak, which is kind of cool. I know you guys probably seen it, but, uh, it's, it's yeah. different. It's different. Yeah. Man. Don't, don't say the H word. <laughs> don't it's say different. it. You're drinking it's, the Kool-Aid, bro. I know. You're drinking I like the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I like it. I like well, it. Well, that's uh, that's interesting, man. So it's, the it's different, talking. though. Real, real quick, like, so I mean, if you guys don't know who Aaron is, um, he used to be the team manager. Of Jackson Kayak left. I mean, I'm sure your free time is much more enjoyable, right? Or you actually yeah, have well, I mean, free I've, time now. And I've then actually a lot more family time, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that was huge for you, man. And uh, I think that was awesome uh, to see you take the step back so you can enjoy the family more. Like you said, man, your kids are young. Um, you know, me personally, I got, you know, my son will be 18 here in a couple of weeks and my daughter's 16, you know. So it's like now it's just like, yeah, whatever, dad, I don't want to hang out yeah. with you, man. So right. like right. they're at that age now where you got to take yep. advantage of that time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's cool to see you taking advantage of that, man. But then you made the switch into the Hobie. Um, so you're liking it. It seems like, uh, you've been putting that thing through the paces for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, so I wasn't going to sell my boat. I mean, I was just going to roll in my big rig because I love that boat. I mean, it's a great boat. I had a Torquedo on the back. I mean, it was the jam. Um, but then I had one of the, uh, anglers in our tournament trail uh kind of reach out to me and they offered me like a lot of money for it (laughs) and i was like well i mean i guess so i mean why not you know i mean i can always i can always get back into a big rig again if i want you know so it's like why not you know it there's there's no ulterior motive it was just like i'm i'm gonna try it you know i'm gonna try one out um there's i still have my cruise uh, i'm gonna go out with my dad tomorrow fishing and i'll probably fish out of the cruise you know what i mean like yeah, he's nice. gonna fish out of, out of the hobie so you know there's there's no ill will toward anything um and i just want to try it out now that i've tried it out though um when i it wasn't like a it wasn't like oh i'm just gonna go in a hobie i had i'm such a nerd about kayaking i had a 50 point checklist that i just made up of things that I thought were the biggest considerations I needed in order to buy a kayak. And I, I mean, like, I, I don't know if I still have it. This is where that sounds time. like the Aaron Steiger plan of attack. Like, this is where all his time went. Yeah. <laughs> I had he, he was like this. He's like, I got to make a spreadsheet. I, I, oh, dude, a spreadsheet. Was, I need a, I need a <laughs> spreadsheet. I'm trying, I got so many of those things on my desktop right now from Jackson. Uh, Spread, no, but spreadsheet stagger. I can yeah. <laughs> somewhere on there. I got the JK media plan on my desktop. I got all this stuff still. Anyway, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm like, I got the tour. I got all kinds of stuff. Uh, 2020 price list for the kayaks. All right. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> My point is this. It wasn't like just a random decision like, oh, I'm just going to leave and I'm going to go jump in a Hobie. It was not that at all. It was, right. I just, I'm going to try something different. This person offered me enough money to where I could buy whatever kayak I wanted just with that money. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. Um, and it was between an Old Town Predator PDL okay. or the Sportsman, yeah. which it was coming out. 
And yeah. I was talking to guys like Casey Reed and Jeff Millot uh, and all those guys that are on Old Town. Uh, and I was talking to all the Hobie guys I could talk to. I was talking to Kurt Smith and Christine and I was talking, you know, everybody yeah. that, that I know uh, right. well anyway. And, and so I was like, all right. So I made, you know, and I was back and forth. I was like, oh, I'm going to do the Old Town. All right, no, I'm going to do the Hobie. And, and uh, the Hobie won. It was like 91 out of 100 to like 90 or 89 out of 100 over the sportsman. So I was like, it was an objective decision. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the Hobie. Like it was that simple. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Sounds simple. And, and, <laughs> after, after, the, after the eight page, I, I, I think I DM'd it to Jeff Malott, like my thing. And he's just like, dude, like what the heck? Like, what are you doing? Um, he's like, how anyway, do you concatenate these cells? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah so, so yeah, it, you, was, it was that it was that simple of a decision but bottom line is i am happy with it it's different not having reverse um that's one thing i really liked about the big rig um yeah one thing yeah. i like about the hobie though it, it even the 180 like it turns like if if you just kind of like really lightly pedal you can almost just kind of like 360 even though it's not a 360 it kind of it can still turn which is really nice um so that that is one feature i like um one feature I don't like is, or I really liked about the Jacksons is like, I never had to worry about when I was on the ramp, like pulling up onto the ramp yeah. or like onto the shore. Cause I always feel like, even though I have those kick up fins on it, I feel like I'm going to damage it. Um, sure. and I, and I forget, like, I mean, I just did it two days ago. I pulled right up onto the ramp and drilled the fins onto the concrete. I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, there's just more things you have to think about. Um, sure. But it's a good fishing machine, man. Like it's yeah. it's it's efficient. Like I will say that the drive is super efficient. Um, I you know when I say light exercise, it it you know I can go a mile and my legs aren't tired, which is like it's nice. You know, like just yeah. being able to go through weeds. That's another nice thing about it. Um, so there's there's positives and negatives. You know, um, I like the trailer trailer ability of it. Like with my setup that I have, and um, you know. It's, it's a good setup. And, and the other thing is there's just a good dealer. There's a good Hobie dealer down in Cincinnati that's kind of full service. And I think that's a big deal. Now, there's a good Jackson <laughs> dealer there, too. There's a good Bonafide dealer. But that's yeah. the way I went. Um, and honestly, if if they just picked up Old Town, if I would have – if they would have picked up Old Town in the spring, I probably would have bought an Old Town, to be honest with you, because it was cheaper. Um, yeah. And I could have got more stuff with it. But either way, I mean, I'm happy with it. It's just – it, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. I'm not going to say it's like head and shoulders above everything else. Cause I love my big rig. Like I, I actually think that big rig with the torpedo on it, like that's the, that's the caveat with the torpedo on the back of that big rig. That was hard to beat. Like yeah. that is a hard to beat boat. Agreed. Um, yeah. Um, but it's a dry, the Hobie's a drier ride though, too. It's different. Um, you know, the big rig was a little more wet ride. Uh, mm. took, took some waves over the bow cause it was so streamlined. It didn't catch wind very much, but, uh, but the Hobie's a little more dry, which is nice. Um, and I like the layout of the Hobie is really well thought out. It, that's the best way I can describe it. Cause perfectly candid. I had never even pedaled a Hobie until, I was out of, out of the Jackson. I mean, I was in a Jackson for eight years or something or you know, seven years and never, you know, I, I, I paddled around to Bonafide a little bit and some other kayaks, um, just, just for fun, but I had never been in a Hobie. Um, I tried out an Outback. I did not like it at all. Like I actually hated it. Um, a lot of people say that. 
And I was like, I, I'm, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to get an old town because it had like a great warranty, you know, mm-hmm. lifetime hold warranty, five year drive. I was like, all right, that's, I mean, that's the jam. Like it can hold a power pull on the back. I was yep. like, all right, this is going to be good. Um, but then I got in the pro angler and I was like, whoa, like this is this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today this is different level than the other stuff just the, the layout of it um it's it's very nice some of the areas have a little bit thin plastic i feel like and, and you gotta kind of watch it um like there's like an area right in the front um i don't know what to call it like where if you didn't have pedals you just put your feet all the way forward that area yeah. Um, yeah. that's kind of thin um and some of the decking feels a little bit thin like on the the front hatch um but besides that it's it's very well laid out i will say that like they have all the pulleys going through all the different places that kind of like um retract things there's tensioner knobs for the seat the seat's really nice um i don't know it's it's a different boat um but i'm happy with it you know and that's where it's at yeah man it's nice to change it up a little bit you know um for sure you know i i don't blame you Um, yeah i actually i I'm guilty, guilty. I uh, I just pedaled one. Uh, what was it? Two weeks ago. Brian. Well, I, I couldn't fish out of the blue sky, bro. <laughs> Wait, why is that? Damn clubs. Wait, and what? Stupid oh. rules. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Now I'm gonna get fired up. <laughs> throwing stuff. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Susie, Susie brought a boat for me to use because I couldn't fish out of the BSB. Um, I, I, I agree with you that that layout is kind of sweet. Um, Jay and I have talked about it, being able to store your rods in the boat, um, yeah. both on and off the water. Um, mm-hmm. My number one complaint. I'm, I'm like <laughs> the size of two Aaron Steigers, so like the seat wasn't the most comfortable for my butt, you know? Um, but you know, and I got bad knees. So that stair stepping dude, uh, that put me through a a torture, but, um, I, I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. That is a different motion. I, you know, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, so I had knee surgery after college. I was, I was a runner. I imagine that. Right. You know, I'm like 130 pounds. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I was, uh, I had knee surgeries and I had my meniscus all cleaned out and everything. And I was worried about that, that I don't, cause it is, it's, it's not good on your necessarily good on your knees, 
versus let, let, me, let me ask you this after like you got in the boat were you were you trying to do the bicycle pedal like you are in your <laughs> well, in your big so, rig because i so, caught myself doing that a couple times <laughs> i well definitely and and it was like the first couple times i went out i was like this is i don't know if i like it um but then like now that i've been in it for a little while it's almost like i'm not gonna say more like a bike because it's not but like i also really like cycling back through college and stuff and i like sure. road biking and it feels very similar to like that straight down like power like mm -hmm. when you're really cranking on like yeah. a bike and you're pushing your your leg down you're using the exact same muscle um and so actually i really i've grown to like it a lot more than i did at the beginning um so uh it's it's different though and i will say though like that versus the blue sky so i was in ricketts's blue sky when he came up one time and I, that's a pretty close i like the blue sky a lot you know oh. like that's a good boat See, um now i'm happy very, again. i'm yeah, happy no it's again. a very close because i remember i was in ricketts's blue sky and i was like dang that is sweet like I mean, so now the one thing against Jackson's drive, though, is it's not weedless. And so, like, that yeah. was one yeah. big frustrating thing that around yeah. Ohio, where we're at, there's just so many, like, just, it's just weedy. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. And so that was a big, big reason why I went with the Hobie, too, is because I felt like up at, like, East Harbor and stuff, it's just pure weeds, like West yeah. Harbor, pure weeds. And there were so many spots where, like, Quite literally, like I could see Cody Milton and Sean Skidmore winning these events, and I just couldn't go there. Like physically, my I couldn't get there, and it got me so frustrated. Um, and I was like, man, I like if I, and I never thought that I was ever gonna leave. It just ended up happening that way. But like, I was like, I wish I could just get there. Like I almost contemplated just paddling my cruise so I could fish in those same areas rather than taking like my big rig over that way. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's it's a good it's a good solid kayak, but the the blue sky's got a lot going for it. Like the one like how Ricketts has his rigged out, that is a yeah. sweet ride, man. Like that's yeah. hard to beat. He doesn't yeah. paddle anymore. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. He sits <laughs> back in the chair rubbing his beard and eating donuts, you know? Taking his kids. I mean, and that's the other thing, like yeah. you know, that, yeah, that yeah. blue sky, like I mean I I should have bought one before I got out off the team. <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean that was so much more expensive, but I, you know, I, uh, I, and I've honestly I've contemplated because the Torquedo, like, so how Brad Hicks just bought that uh, Torquedo for the back of his Bonafide, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I've really contemplated buying a like a Cusa HD or something that's got that mount on the back that's still a little bit wide, and uh, putting a Torquedo on the back for like river fishing. Because if you watched like the last, the Susquehanna event at the KBF event that just took place uh, last week, I mean, yeah. Russell won, Bill Durbrow won, um, Matt Ball was like third, and they're yeah. all rolling Jackson's with the Torquedo on the back. It's hard to yeah. be like that setup for like bigger rivers or any sort of travel if you're in open water. Um, it, I mean, really, you can't beat that setup. Like, quite no, honestly, like no. you can't you can't beat that setup, especially no. if you have a pedal drive Jackson that you can go and reverse because it's just you can stay on the spot. Like, I mean, you can stay right on the spot. So that would be hard to beat. Um, and, and I've not right now. I'm not going to do that and get one. But like down the road, I'll probably end up getting 
because I have that, I have a Cruise 12, but it doesn't have the bracket on the back. So what I'll probably end up getting is something like a CUDA HD or a CUSA HD or or whatever, or a Byte or something. The Byte doesn't have that, I guess, but yeah, something like that, something cheap yeah. that used or whatever. But uh, yeah, I like but it. Point is, is like heck, man. Like there's so many sweet kayaks out there right now. Like we're all. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like you've seen a lot of innovation over the past few years. And, um, you know, I was talking about it earlier. You know, obviously you've seen what EJ's come out with. And we talked to him last week. I didn't see that. What did he say about that? I mean, just like a a real overview. Like what was his take on all that? He he really dove into it. And, um, you know, the way I put it is it's 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 an exotic kayak, right? Like it's only going to pertain to a certain amount of people. Um, but when he, he basically ran us through the boat front to back, why he did what he did and things like that. And there's some stuff integrated into that boat that I think you're going to see a lot of other manufacturers pick up on, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be cool. Like the big hot topic is the magnets, um, in the actual boat. So you can, you know, put tools there um hooks does that whatever screw around with your like does, are they strong enough to mess with your phone and stuff that was one thing i saw that and i was worried like if i put my phone on the floor of the kayak is it gonna like mess with it you know what i'm saying like or, or like a credit card or like anything that you have like, yeah, i don't know can, that's can, a good question can, can screw stuff up right like you don't really want to put like a magnet on the screen of your phone because it can mess it up right or, or am I wrong about that? I think I, they're just using small ones, so I don't know. I, okay. I have no idea. I, I mean, maybe they're... maybe EJ's got some top secret thing going on, and he's planning on stealing SIM cards oh. and, and, and yeah. credit card numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> That's well, a good question. Yeah. We'll ask him that when he comes back. Yeah. Well, I mean, his Kickstarter is halfway funded, which is good, too. I mean, I think I looked the other day. It's about 50 grand. and He's got, what, a few weeks left or whatever. So I hope he gets it funded because, like you said, I think, you know, right now it it seems out there to us. You know, we see, like, 11 grand on a kayak, and it's like, no. Like, just, I mean, no. Um, But there obviously are – he's got like 30 some backers that say yes. And that means that there is some, there is a market for it, you know, looking at right, how, right. how we talked in Jackson, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, we can sell, I guess I don't want to get too much into it. Cause I don't want to give away any of those secrets, but it's just one of those things. Like you, if you sell boats at that price point, like you can make good margins on it probably, you know, cause sure, does it cost sure. 11 grand to make that boat? Heck no. I bet, you know, they there, there's got to be a good overhead because they've got to the, pay all the engineers that are putting this stuff together and everything. But at the same time, I bet they're making a good amount on those boats too. And so as long as there is a market for it and there's enough people that are willing to buy that premium product, it'll work. We don't see, I saw a lot of hate on that. And the reality of the situation is you don't have to, you don't have to sell 8,000 boats a year. You can sell mm-hmm. 45 of those yeah. And make just as much as like Jackson made on the big rig, or just yeah. as much as Jackson made on the Cusa HD. You know, sure. it, selling selling four hundred Cusa HDs versus forty of those TYRs right. or, or whatever. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's yeah. he he built 
a, one of the best kayak companies in the industry. He's right. And, and, and they put those boats at a price for a reason. So, um, I hope he gets that, uh, you know, all the way to where he's at. And, and quite honestly, like, uh, it'll take off once it does. And I hope all the other companies kind of take notice. That's the same yeah. way with, with biking and, and there's carbon fiber bikes out there and they are a lot better than aluminum bikes. Um, for sure. So, or steel bike, like old school. Tell you had a rock. That's right. That's <laughs> I've right. seen, dude. I've seen some like you know five, six, seven thousand dollar bikes just turn to complete garbage. Well, and that's just the from... and that's the big thing is like you you're not taking EJ's kayak out on the river. No, you're taking it out on you like know, the ocean or like a though, lake. He did say it was pretty tough. I mean, he said you could bang it up and you could repair it yourself. I'm not. I, I'm not risking eleven grand on that. I know it's like. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, like, it's like putting a you know a, a twenty foot you know skeeter in uh, the river and you're like yeah. you know what it's okay I'm bottom I can it's fine. I'll buff it out. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't be taking. Now, does it look awesome? Heck yeah, I think it looks sweet. Some people are making yeah. fun of it. I think it looks cool, man. I um, think it looks cool too. You know, uh, it's going to be fast too because I mean, because of the material. It's gonna be. Dude, there's gonna be. It's gonna just. Porous. Nope. Yeah. It, it's um, just have you guys ever? Plastic. Have you guys ever paddled a a, a Cuda LT? Or like no. a Kilroy uh, LT or or one of the LT models that, yeah, that Jack, I, Jack I have, used to make? Yeah, I have paddled the Kilroy LT. Mm -hmm. Dude, I so the first time I paddled a Cuda LT was in 2014. I was down in Charlotte at Drew's house with Brooks and. Um, I don't know if Jameson was there, but we were filming for one of Drew's episodes, right? And I got a paddled Brooks's Cuda LT, and it was the the most responsive boat, hands down, I had ever paddled. And I liked it enough to make me buy one, so I bought one as well. And that that's that's made out of thermoform plastic, which isn't porous right. and it's light. Um, I can only imagine what carbon fibers like paddling. Yeah. Because I could, I mean, I could paddle that so fast and I, I mean, just one small stroke and I was moving or one yeah, small right. adjustment and I was turned. And now I sold it and this goes back to the point of durability. I sold it because it freaked me out because I didn't want to break it on a rock because I was using it on the river and I was like, I just don't want to hit a rock. So I sold it to somebody. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a delicate balance, but if you're going to use it for a lake and you like paddling around and you've got cash to drop and people do go for it yeah i mean it's gonna be an awesome boat yeah those thermoform boats are are super light um and they say that plastic is durable i mean we we saw eddie lines at our shop and i've paddled a couple of those man and they're just like rockets in the water granite they're like you know 14 foot touring boats but like dude those things are so light I'd much rather carry that around than like a but, big rig, you know. But that that plastic <laughs> a different makes experience. You, it makes yeah. you like second guess it because like, it does. It does. You can just press it in. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You're like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> dude. I I just I'm I know how hard I am on my boats, and I just there for me personally, it would be no way. Like for any of us that like fish all the time. And yeah. I, I guess that's what I kind of think about. Like if you're like an everyday angler, like anybody that listens to this podcast is anybody that's been on this podcast is, is that the right boat for you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the big question, you know? Yeah. So uh, you gotta make that decision, I guess. But 
for me, I don't know that it would be, but for, for some folks that are, you know, like putting it on their, on their yacht and dropping it in the middle of the ocean and just are going out in the bay or going out in the Gulf or something like that where there's not rocks. Uh, but I guess you could run into shell, like, or like, uh, I don't know, they're like shell, shell bars out there or something. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, yeah. But, yeah. So you maybe do, not, uh, I don't know. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com You knew who had one of those is uh, Patrick Tharp, you know, Pootie. He had a... He had the real the real tree one. Oh, I loved it, dude. That's um, sweet. But yeah, I know, dude. I tried to find one of those. I couldn't find it anywhere. But um, I know. He, he, yep. he used to swear he could paddle that thing over five miles an hour. He would race. Oh, there's hobies. no doubt. He would race oh, yeah. hobies. <laughs> like one. Well, yeah. Oh, no doubt. And you know, it was one of those things where the only reason Jackson stopped making those, uh, and I know EJ talked about how labor intensive making these new carbon fiber kayaks are. But it took five times longer to make one of those thermoformed kayaks than it made than it took to make a regular rotomotor kayak. Yeah, yeah, and so it didn't make any economic sense to keep making them, even though they're super sweet. Um, it just it wasn't economical for you can't. There's no scale that you could make in, in an efficient manner. Mm-hmm. So, you know it. It's uh man, you know, talking all of this, it makes me miss it even more. But because uh, I I miss it, man. Like no doubt about it. Like I really enjoyed the business aspect of all that stuff. But uh, it, it's one of those things. Like going back to what we're talking about, it was it was an interesting. Um, it was just the right call. You know, we had a lot of guys kind of just step away, and none of them had ill will though. That was the thing about mm-hmm. it. You know, you right. had uh you had you know Damon stepped away. Still, I think he still does stuff kind of with Orion and or. Uh, just kind of representing stuff. And so, you know, then you got EJ obviously still pumping the brand. Um, I've got nothing wrong with the brand. Like it's, it was just something, it was just a decision. It it just seemed like the the company was, was evolving. And in a way I felt like new minds needed to take what I was doing and and expand upon it and make it better. Um, We were stagnant and and I needed to make that. I needed to make that move, not just for me, but I think also for, for you guys and, and everything as much as I loved it. Um, but then I just felt like staying around would have been like, I don't know, like it, it would have been weird to me just like to, to step down and then just kind of stay around. I just, I wanted to, I don't know, be independent. It'd be kind of like to be a, a free soul. Yeah. Well, it would be kind of like being a principal of a school and then going back and being a teacher <laughs> and like, and you'd yeah. be like, who are you to like, tell me, like, I was just like, you know, kind of like ahead of that. Like, I don't, so I was like, I, it's, it's better if I just kind of step away. Sure. And I'm glad sure. I did. I'm glad I did. So I get you're, it, allowed, you're allowed to be happy, buddy. Yeah. I am happy. Man. We'll let I you am happy. We'll let you. Yeah, I'm not, I, I didn't lose any friends over it. Um, you know, I'm still cool with everybody. Um, still support all you guys. You guys are obviously still supporting, supporting me as well. And, and, you know, I cherished all of those friendships. Like just, yeah, man. you guys are, you guys are, it's, it's kind of weird. And I've, I've talked to my wife about this. I invested, I don't know, five years of my life just being the manager. But then, you know, a couple of years before that, just even like being involved with Jackson a little bit on the team and stuff. And like, 
I made all of my best friends over the internet and yeah. through fishing of people I see at like a tournament once a year. Um, and then I'm like, I don't have any friends like in my community. Like I really realized that like, and, and I was talking to Ricketts, like um, I was in like not a good place. Like immediately after stepping away, I was like really, and winter's never good, obviously in the North for any right. of us. It's just like borderline depressing anyway, cause you're not right. doing anything and watching all the Southern guys fish every day still. But anyway, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, like I don't have the daily conversations like I had with my friends, like with you guys, with the 150 other team members we had. Like that kept me busy. It, it kind of kept my mind moving and it, and it gave sure. me that social aspect. When I stepped away, man, I was like, I told Rick, I was like, dude, like I don't have, even in Ohio, I was spending so much of my effort to Jackson. I had not even really like i i forsook all of my friendships in ohio that i had like i was <laughs> good i was good friends with a lot of guys in ohio and i just kind of lost touch with a lot of like a guy like quentin Eccles or a guy like sean skidmore guys like that and i hadn't talked to them in like three or four years or you know maybe just like on facebook real quick here and there but like really talked to them really actually fished with them and hung out with them no like not none of it and i didn't have time to do that so I fully intended to do that this year but with the COVID stuff. And then I got, you know, this yeah. Lyme disease stuff, but next year, hopefully um, I, I'm really looking forward to kind of getting back into the local fold. Um, and, and also like investing in personal relationships just with people that are like actually not 500 miles away, like people that right. live down the road, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's, do I miss it? like crazy man like yeah. i miss you guys i miss that job i miss everything about it um and it, and it hurts me man like i i miss it um but i'm really glad i stepped away at the same time well i think it's key man uh, i think you found a balance you know that you were missing in life you know yeah. and i totally get that um you know um it's good to see you doing well though my friend yeah, sure. well, how are you? How uh, how's the how's the team going? Because you know I always ask about that, and you guys are both repping Jackson. So how, <laughs> from you guys' perspective, um, what's the Jackson team like uh, for the for the audience out there? I know it's what it's like, but it's confidential. Like? Sorry. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know how. I know how many times we got yelled at on that team page for, for confidential things that didn't stay confidential. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, the, the, our, our team lead that we were left with, uh, that guy kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, old Ricketts. <laughs> oh, 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 that's who it is? Oh, is my he, is he <laughs> the lead? I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Is he the lead? I forgot. Oh, yeah. Gotta love that guy. <laughs> he, he goes, <laughs> he's like, I'm listening closely. <laughs> so how's it going, Brian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll, so we'll talk, talk after the records. podcast. <laughs> yes. So how's the team morale, guys? <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, like, I guess no. Realistically, like, I guess where I was going with that question is like, you know, amidst like everything that's happening, and I am genuinely curious, like, how is how is this COVID stuff affected like everything, like from that? Because I've removed myself from the the promotional and just kind of that side of the industry, so I'm not paying close attention. Like, what is that like right now? I mean, I, I'd say the team itself has been kind of quiet yeah. lately. 
Um, I think it's it's just crazy right now. You know, you you know, tournaments are just getting fired back up. Um, so it was kind of quiet for a while there. Um, you know, from the retail standpoint, it's been absolutely mayhem. You know, Dude, people. Sales yeah, I now, was now are the like warehouse premium brands like Jack. Uh, so the Jackson warehouse is empty. Empty. Oh Dude, yeah. There okay. was a yeah. picture that they showed, and you remember what it looked like in there. Oh yeah, it's it was yeah. empty, dude. You can yeah. see. Now here's the question, because I I just saw Hook One went out of business today. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... and they said, go ahead. So they said on their Facebook page that the reason they had to go out of business wasn't because they weren't selling stuff. It was because of supply chain issue. Now is that why Jackson's not? Or, or just not Jackson, but companies in general like Hook One aren't like making stuff is because it's a supply chain issue and that's why there's nothing in the warehouse, or is it just they're selling like hotcakes? Like, that's to me, like as a third party now, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what do you guys think about that? It's interesting. We had a conversation about that uh, in our little group chat. Um, I don't want to bring Paddle it up and if it's like confidential or whatever. No, no, no. I was, no. I was um, curious. Amongst amongst Paddle and Finhost, we were talking about that. I mean, it's I I don't think that's a story behind Hook One. Yeah, um, I heard something different to you. You oh, know, really? it's it's like if you sell out, you know, m- let's face it, Hook One, one of the biggest kayak shops around, right? Right. They weren't drop shit, shipping. They were placing orders at the beginning of the season, getting their discounts on the boats. Right. And if you guys aren't familiar, like that's what retailers do. They place their orders ahead of time. They get stock shipments. If they order X amount of boats, like, you know, depending on what brand it is, they'll get discounts on those boats if they order X amount. Well, let's face it. Hook One was a huge store. Um, so whether you sell... 50 boats a month or you sell 300 boats in a month like i mean the money's there how are you going to go broke like that doesn't make sense to me like you still got that income coming in mm-hmm. um so i mean from from the standpoint with the shop that i work with i mean yeah we've sold out of pretty much everything dude i was at the shop this evening had to go fix the old trailer lights thanks travis for damaging the wire harness um but uh i walked into the shop dude and it's pretty much empty like i have never seen our shop that empty now the downfall is is yeah a lot of manufacturers um across the board you know you're not going to get new shipments till august way late yeah yeah maybe september end of the season once we get I mean, those, yeah, stimulus checks second round if people yeah. have. Well, I mean, but but for real though, I mean that's why the spring's so good is because the season's starting mm-hmm. and a lot of people get tax returns and I mean if you do and yeah. you know and yeah. you want to buy something right right so, right right well and you know that you know everyone was locked up and uh, <clears throat> you know those of us who have been professionally social distancing for years now, you know we never really saw it as anything different. And then all of a sudden. That you know, there's the rest of the world got shut down and a huge surge. Now, what are they going to do? Yeah, they rediscovered they could be outside again. Yeah, you know, which is awesome. Or they're like, wait, there's trees out there and water. I can go out there. So, <laughs> right, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, so I mean, dude, I mean, if you're selling a used kayak, it will go like a hot cake. Yeah. Oh, it right. will go yeah. fast. Yeah. You could sell one in a day now instead instead of waiting like a week or two. 
Yeah, I had a buddy with a Frontier 12 sold in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Posted right. it up and it was gone. Yeah, which is great for the industry if you think about it because, I mean, dare I say it, it's like a COVID's like a blessing in disguise, I guess, as far as that goes. But it's, I just pushed people into the outdoors again. And we, well, need, more, we need more stewards anyways on the water, period, because, right. again, I always talk about it, little by little, that stuff is legislated out, you know, yeah. it's sold away in pieces, you know, and before you know right. it, it could all be gone. But more people that are out there now, you got more people fighting for it. Sure. So if they fight for it, if they're responsible about it, because, yeah. you know, at the, at the same token, you see, you know, 10 years ago when I first got into kayak fishing, I go out on my river and not see trash out there at all. Um, but now 10 years later, everybody and their brothers rolling past my house in a kayak on the way to the river. And there's mm -hmm. just crap all over the place. And so yeah, I, it's true. a two sided thing, man. It's like yeah. as conservationists, we've got a, and I don't know how, like the platform, we somehow we got to use platforms like this basically to say, look, if you're going to be out there, number one, don't litter, don't throw fishing line, don't throw your beer cans, don't whatever you're doing. And, you know, the second part of that is, is don't go keeping a bunch of fish because that resource will go away like that with all, all the new people that are out there mm -hmm. experiencing it. It takes not very long at some of these waterways to, to ruin them, you know, right. and, yeah. and deplete them. And so, but the thing is, is, you know, that, and I've, I've tried to figure that out, like, because I've seen kayaking become more prevalent in my area, just like you guys are saying. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure it is up in you guys' area, yeah. too, you right? You like, seen us on the river the other day. It was. We were like, crazy. wait, there's other people out here? Yeah, we, we had to, like, <laughs> wait for people to go by. Because we were like, okay, well, they're just blasting music, drinking beers in tubes. Right. And it's like, just let them go by. We'll wait. Right. And, and I've seen a couple of rivers uh, that I really, one river that I've never told anybody about that I go and fish and it's got big fish in it. I've stopped fishing it because it still has, has the fish in it, but there's just so many people floating down that river now all, at all times, every single, every single like roadway, you know, bridge and everything. Yeah. It's just, you can't even do it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's twofold. Like I think, yeah, the industry in the long run, I think it will kind of use this as like a little germinating moment to like, grow from you know like i think mm -hmm. two years from now maybe our tournament trails as they're all sagging right now you might get 10 or 12 extra guys because of something like this that bought kayaks and wanted to start getting into it which is cool you know yeah. um which, which is great um but like again goes back to ohio we don't have big enough waterways to support the tournament trails we already have yeah. so it's like you know what do right. you do but uh yeah. yeah, I I think you're spot on, man. I think you're going to see a boom in the tournament trails and the local clubs and all that good stuff. But I think the key is going to be, you know, what we kind of try to focus on here at Paddle and Finn is education and and teaching these folks, uh, you know, like wearing a PFD, you know, things like that. Just stuff that we think is just second nature to us, but some folks don't understand why you should wear your PFD rather than putting it in the front hatch or in the back tank well or something like that. You know, it's, um, and, and not only that, but like you said, man, taking care of the waterways, um, you know, uh, let everybody enjoy them instead of ruin them, 
and then hopping to the next spot and doing it all over again. That's you know? my biggest concern, man. That yeah. is, that is, I, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, the, the river float Jay and I took uh, a couple weeks ago, man. I mean, that's a section of river. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U S military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. That's pretty much untouched for the most part, and it's it's pretty pristine. Um, yeah, we had to traverse a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's off the beaten path, you know. How far but, do you guys live from each other? Is it is, is it pretty close? Uh, like who's, who's asking? Who's asking? Yeah, who's it? <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, what, he's, I, no, I mean, we're like we floating here. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, the Rio Grande. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it gets real hot. But uh, no, we're like sixty. I don't know. It's like sixty something miles. He's you know he's like an hour, hour and a half. Now, how far outside of like Chicago are? Because I, I, I mean, I generally knew like where you guys were, but like, how far outside of like Chicago? Because Rocktown's like an hour outside of Chicago, right? Uh, like an hour, hour and a half, yeah. depending on traffic. Half. Yeah, yeah, it's about an hour. Well, yeah, hour yeah. and a half, like from like downtown to Rocktown storefront. Like on the interstate, forty-five minutes to an hour, yeah. depending on traffic. Cool. And I'm in the birds. Now, do you guys ever make it out to like uh, like Lake Michigan? Like, I mean, if you're if you're like an hour and a half, because I guess like I'm about an hour and a half from Lake Erie, and I really like going up there. Do you guys like go up to Lake Michigan at all and like kind of do that thing? Uh, I, yeah. I, I've been invited to go salmon fishing a few times, but it just never works. But that's up in Wisconsin, like Chi Town. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't go there anymore. I don't care about it. Yeah, I just. I, I asked like uh, Dusty Yacker about that. And uh, and he had never been out on Lake Michigan yeah. like, for smallmouth fishing as much as he liked doing it. I think he was in a live video, and I was like, "Are you on Lake Michigan?" And he's like, "No, this is St. Clair." And I was like, yeah. "Why are you not on Lake Michigan if you're from Chicago?" And just so I don't do. Is it not as good as smallmouth fishing, or what's the deal there? It it can be. Um, I just think a lot of people don't do it, and it's kind of an untouched resource. But it's the smallmouth fishery, like on the actual Chicago lakefront has come back quite a bit because um, it's super rocky along there. Um, oh, yeah. And I would say the know, access points are kind of a pain in the ass. That That's probably the like, biggest issue. You just don't even want to be in a truck and a trailer in the city, man. I don't even and they'll probably truck. charge you, charge you what, yeah, 50 bucks I, to park? Yeah, I hate, I hate even driving yeah. my truck in the city. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because that's I've actually I've really looked for access points around Chicago because I've wanted to like float down the river and go out. But I'm like, where in the world do you even do that at? Because yeah. one of my favorite places to fish on Lake Erie is right out of Cleveland, um, sure. just literally like right yeah. out of downtown. And yep. you can, you know, and you can yeah. and it costs five dollars, you know. Yep. Um, but it's not I Chicago. Know, so, yeah, I know there is. Uh, so the Chicago Rivers got I mean, it's supposed to be a great float. I think JP just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've and actually, there's a guy like not too far from here, a few towns over. He actually runs like a huge um, recreational kayak syndicate, <laughs> we'll call it. But he's he's always got like a ton of yaks, and he's taking people out there. But uh, there's some access points there. But again, 
I don't know the city good enough. I mean, it's been quite some time, you know, back in my younger days, I was out there a lot more, but you know, it, it was never by the water though. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's just a matter of the access points. I'm thinking beaches. I'm thinking, um, actually I'm only thinking beaches cause there's it, dude, if you, there's so many people there. <laughs> like, Oh, I love Chicago. I mean, oh, you know, I, so I really like the city, but it's, uh, I, I'm like, how in the world would you, uh, how, would you do it? Cause I'm only four hours from Chicago, you know, I'm not that far from it. So yeah. it's always been like of interest to me, but I just don't I think, know how to go about it. I don't know. I think your better access point is going to be hitting the Michigan side. It's way more pristine. It's way nicer. Yeah. It's, yeah. God, just everything. About oh, it's beautiful it's up there on that. Yeah. yeah, that west coast of Michigan's like the water's it's clear. Like the, it's like the Caribbean, except for it's fifty <laughs> yeah. degrees. Yeah, or like if you go all the way up to like Ludington or somewhere to Traverse, mm-hmm. the water's like crystal clear. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michigan's different. Yeah, but I know. I mean, I like I said. I, I just I don't have much experience to talk about it, but I know oh. I got a f- few friends that still get out there, and I mean they talk about the largemouth in the in the uh, in the harbors. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. There's a good Lake Erie's just like that too. You know, it's interesting talking about Lake Michigan. Like, you know, Bill Schultz from from the team, he's up on Sturgeon Bay, and uh, and he said that consistently, pretty much. I've known Bill for like four or five years now, and he says that that fishery has gone downhill for the last five years consecutively. Um, and the other thing that's happening on Lake Michigan and, and all the Great Lakes, including St. Clair. Um, is the shorelines are starting to erode. So he's got a, a, a beachfront property up there. And he, like five years ago, I remember he showed me a picture of it and he probably had, you know, hundred and some feet. He's got mm-hmm. like 30 feet before his house now. And he's got big rocks and everything. It's starting to erode. And so yeah. like the water levels up, but the pressure, yeah. I think something's happening in those fish up there as well. It's somebody was talking about, I forget who was talking about that. The water's up like three feet or something. Oh, it's, it's crazy. And it's, yeah. it's tearing the, the beaches away uh, on Lake Michigan specifically. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm just wondering like what the quality, cause, cause Bill used to be pulling in huge smallmouth and every year he's like, it's less and less and less and less. And some of it's pressure is what he says. But then I don't, I wonder if another part's like environmental, I, I, I guess I don't know. But I mean, it's a huge, huge gargantuous lake crazy deep so what's to say those fishes haven't moved right and and and, you know those fish can spawn in 30 feet of water or three feet of water so like i don't know like it it might be pressure because like like sturgeon bay was in the bass master like i think it was number one for like a couple years in a row and then Mm -hmm. they had some some events on it and then it just i think it wrecked it so it goes back to like pressure again like, what does that do to a fishery with all these new kayakers coming in and crowded fisheries like Illinois, like Ohio, where we don't have the Tennessee River to right. pick Huge from? Bodies of you water. know, yeah. um, it, it kind of it kind of worries me a little bit in that regard. But it is See, good that the sport's still getting bigger, though. But I mean, here's I the know. thing, though. Me and Brian talk about it all the time. Everybody's on the lakes. Nobody's on the rivers. I mean, True. well, used to be. True. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, think COVID happened, yeah. But still, I mean, I'd still put a river up against the lake any day. You know, in what yeah. regards? In what regards would you? As far as quality or as far as? I think everything. Just the quality, access, um, oh, okay. you know, just 
the overall experience it's a little it's more intimate you know obviously you're gonna see more wildlife in a situation like that um i I don't know it's just easy to kick back on a river it just feels more more like genuine yeah Um, no i agree with that i agree with that sentiment um now here's a question okay here's another question then um all right so do you think a river smallmouth or a lake smallmouth pulls harder I wouldn't have to say a river just because they're so used to running up against current. What do you think, Brian? Everything feels big in a damn river, though. <laughs> it's hard to say, man. I, I mean, I've yeah. caught both of good good size. That's that's hard, man. Um, I think it depends too. Like I've caught big lake smallmouth and like you said 30 foot of water and that that fight right there is usually pretty spectacular but also catching a, a big smallmouth and a riffle you know like mm-hmm. right that could be fun too you know uh-huh. um don't, i don't know i i i don't have an opinion when uh when it comes to that i think it's it's pretty even um you know and it, it all depends on the size of the the fish too you know all right 20 inch river smallmouth 20 inch lake smallmouth what lake (laughs) like lake erie like like a a fat i don't know never oh yeah like a fat all right i'll give you my let me give you i would say i would say a lake smallmouth is is going to be heavier right at 20 inches versus a river yeah is it stronger though I don't know. Probably be lazier, right? What gym is it going to? Yeah, Gold CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. But no, we. Uh, I'll tell you what. So I catch those deep smallmouth like regularly. I mean, th- these these fish I catch in these thirty feet of water. I mean, they're they're like smallmouth. You know what I mean? They're they're big, fat, thirty feet deep smallmouth, and and I've caught a lot of river smallmouth up to like 19 and a half i've never caught a 20 inch ohio river smallmouth but i've caught in plenty 19 halves dude i i think lake smallmouth do fight harder and so i might get i might get um flag for that from guys like brad or whatever but like i'm just telling you now some of it might be the gear you use though too like right so i'm using spinning rods on the lake versus like if i'm chucking a chatterbait or a buzzbait like you can kind of hoist those river smallmouth thin if you really want to and yeah. not even let, not even let them fight, just kind of like get them in. So, but I'm going with Lake cause they're just so, they're so freaking strong, but that's what I go with. I like it. I like it. Anyway, that's a random topic. I like it. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, we're a little over an hour here, boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't we wrap it up, man? Aaron, final thoughts. We'll leave it up to you, my man. Oh, no, he's pulling kidding. a Milford. Uh, he was just, pulling yeah, a Milford. Just kidding. It would have been funnier if we would have heard water. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should have planned that out. Yeah. Like pouring water in a bucket yeah. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, hey, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I was just watching. I like to casually just stay up with everything as much as I can. And I saw that uh, it was, you know, Chad was having a couple difficulties there that's fine i was like you know it'd be fun to talk to you guys again and uh yeah oh here's one question one question one another question are you guys gonna do a not this year maybe but 
next year a listener's bracket for uh, Paddle and Finn? Like a like a you're not gonna do that. All right, cool. All right, no. so <laughs> sorry, sorry, I froze up. What'd you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've, I've been gone for a little bit, so I don't know. Jay, Jay's not up on the times, but uh, <laughs> it's coming. T- touchy subject. All right, it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. That's all. Yeah, I'll say. we're good. No, we're it's coming. Good. Trust me, uh, I already told you you're going to get the invite. Dude, I've been waiting patiently, but I'm kind of glad it didn't happen because yeah. literally yeah, it, you're sick. because I've been sick. But if I I remember like when it was going on and, and I mentioned it and, and I heard you say it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's coming. And then I started like feeling weird and bad. And then I realized I had that. I was like, oh, I hope they don't contact me about this because I won't be able to do it, you know. Um, yeah. But. I'm just bored. I need something to do. That's my whole thing now. You know, like spend all my time with my family, but then I'm like, I gotta go lightly exercise, and I gotta. You know, <laughs> you so. know what? We can start this the the, the spreadsheet Steiger Classic. There <laughs> we go. Spreadsheet Steiger Classic. <laughs> I'll make the spreadsheet. Um, I would, I, Google Forms. I would hope so. <laughs> I'm actually expecting. Uh, but anyway, no, guys, I appreciate you having me on and gave me something to do. Got me out of a, a little yeah, funk. Man. You know, it's 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 uh, it's good to to get just kind of talking again and, and kind of engaging and, and yeah, some man. stuff. So uh, it's good. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. It's always good talking with you, brother. Um, glad to hear you're doing better and the, the family is healthy and well. And um, yeah, man, just, just glad to see you and uh, just shoot the breeze with you yeah. as always, man. Yeah. And to wrap it up guys, if any outdoors men or outdoors women out there, like, we started the podcast off talking about Lyme disease. Just check and double check yourselves when you're out there. I know I do every time now. I'm almost paranoid about it, but it's, you know, it's worth it. Just take the extra couple minutes after you get home, check your clothes, check your vehicle, check your body. And uh, that's that. Yeah, for sure. And, and like Aaron said a second ago, we were supposed to have Chad on. Uh, he had some connection issues going on so uh we have rescheduled that for thursday uh so we uh next thursday that is 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern um so we'll have the Hoovan next week uh he's going to get that situated and uh we've got to say a huge thanks to aaron for stepping in tonight and uh filling those shoes um and yeah we just hope everybody's well and Having a good time out there, Jay. Final thoughts? I'll I'll do it with a gesture. <laughs> That's about all and, I got. Uh, like we mentioned earlier as well, um, Jay and I will be up north next week, so we may have a live podcast coming from northern Wisconsin. Let's hope we have signal. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, yeah. So, as always, boys and girls tight lines smooth paddle Peace. thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and fin don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n and fin.com don't forget to check out the youtube channel 
at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle and Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.